Welcome to the Private Suite Podcast. I'm Indy Advant, and today we're joined by the gentleman behind the project, R Infinity. His name's Ryan, and he was so kind to join us in the studio today. We're going to do something a little different for the intro, where we play a song in full volume before we get into the interview. This song is quite progressive, so I wanted to let it play for a little bit to give you a sense of the feeling you can get after listening for a little while. So enjoy the song. okay <laughs> how are you i'm great just so everyone knows we we had been talking for like 20 minutes before this and i thought it was all really great material and then he, he tells me like oh yeah i wasn't recording any of that <laughs> now usually, i feel like you're my usually best we need a warm-up <laughs> I, I was warmed up 10 minutes ago man well dang <laughs> you'll have to remember everything we said try to bring it back up yeah so yeah how are how's it going how was your day what are you up to this was actually a a fantastic day this was a an incredible friday i had all kinds of surprises that happened to me today and then i get to cap it off with this interview which i've been looking forward to for a couple weeks now so thank you for having me anytime it's my pleasure i'm very excited to have you i'm a big fan of yours I love your music, and well, you know, I I buy your shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. You bought my first album. You were you were one of the first people, and that was in that period when I was like, "Oh God, what am I doing?" Like, yeah, right. Like every little <laughs> beep I get from my phone, it's like a huge wave of relief. And so, yeah, yeah you've been you with know, me from the beginning. I appreciate it. I, uh, it's my pleasure, man. I love that record. You're, that the first song on that record. Uh, T1, 1T1 or T1T, whatever. That's like my favorite song of yours still. Oh, so off off of TTT? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah album, a- that album I thought was really weird when I made it. I was like, mm. I'm, not, I'm not feeling like this is like anything else. I'm going to put it out anyway, though. Because I, deep down, I was like, I really like how it sounds. So that's well, you cool. You're right. I'm glad, that, I'm glad that one person is kind of with me on that, at least. Yes. At least one. (laughs) It's sold out, isn't it? Well, yeah, eventually. I mean, I don't make very many tapes because I make them all myself in my basement. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of easy for me to sell out because it's it's just me like hunched over a desk. And eventually my arms get tired and I'm like, this is good enough. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, your your work is great. I love like where did you learn how to I guess we'll get right into it. How did you learn how to make? Uh, tapes and your art and your production it's really high quality like the 
your J cards and the paper you choose, your Thank printing. You. Uh, it's all very nice. And and the the first record we were talking about, TTT, what, what uh, made me listen to the music was the album art. I just love that. It's like a water sort of, but also mm-hmm. has a cityscape in it. It's like, but it's a digital cityscape that's not really a cityscape, but it's, I don't know. It's really cool, man. Yeah. Okay. So, well, yeah. So we'll, I guess we'll start. You were asking about the physicals, so I'll start with that. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess obviously I started making music way before I even thought about trying to release it on any kind of physical format. And um, at one point, my brother, who I I talked with a lot about my music, I would always bounce things off of him. You know, because it was like a it was like a safe spot. I could be like, here, listen to this. And then if it's crap, it's my brother. Mm. You know. It's cool. I can deal with it. So, you know, after a while of this, he would tell me, dude, your, your music doesn't have any kind of story to it. And he's super into hip hop. Like when we were kids, we like diverged, like, like at 10 years old, like on our 10th birthday, we were like each handed a scroll of what music we were going to like. And mine was like electronic (laughs) rave and his was like hip hop (laughs) and our, our pads diverged. And it was kind of cool because we would teach each other about, you know, the the genre that we that we had been gifted, because we both had a tendency to like really dive really in depth to things. So he was he would show me like really sweet underground stuff, and I do the same for mm-hmm. him. And so I think that's where his his suggestion was coming from, you know, because he was so focused on lyrics. Every song that he listened to, it was about what is this, you know, like communicating to me. What is what is the artist trying to say? And he's like, you don't do that at all. Like, I don't. I know your music doesn't have lyrics, but like, you can do it without lyrics. And so I went home a little dejected. Like, you know, I've been making music for like twenty years, and now and now I'm getting this feedback. And um, <laughs> that, that's kind of where I started thinking about, you know, a a place. Like, maybe I should make my music about a place because I kind of see, I see it in my head when I'm writing it. It's like a place I want to visit. Maybe I should I should go further with that idea. And then when I started making the physicals, I was like, you know, the way that this looks and the way that this feels, that's kind of part of it. And and so actually what I ended up doing was I would make the physicals first before I even knew what the album sounded like. Like I wouldn't even put a note down, but I would have the tape sitting in front of me, like fully produced. You know, like the J card, the colors, I had the cassettes ordered, I had a label on it and, you know, I wouldn't make a, I wouldn't make a ton of them. I would make one for me to kind of look at and I Mm. would go, okay, what, what does this need to sound like now? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought too. I'm glad you're like, oh, um, what a neat take. Yeah. And so, and so that's when I got that's when I got really serious. That's when my whole R infinity project kind of started, I guess, because, you know, I needed the physical to sort of do the other part and it, cause it was guiding me. And then the music, my music got better. I had that story then. And I, it just, it all started to kind of come together. And you, you had a related question for me about, um, you know, like what's the story behind the records and where does the artwork and stuff come from? And, you know, it's related to that. It's like visiting a place, but I don't necessarily want to tell you 
you know, what that place is. I kind of felt like I want to leave a lot of it ambiguous. So whoever listens to it, I kind of want to give you like a general direction. Like, you know, this album's kind of dark. This album kind of looks like water. But all the other details, I want you to listen and have the music sort of inspire you to create that own that own thing in your head. You know, and the physicals are a part of that too. Like how, you know, how it just feels in your hand. What does it make you think of? What do you think this album is going to is going to sound like when you pop it in? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's part of it, you know, like your your perception, your expectation hopefully becomes part of how my music is received. Right. Wow, that's such a neat way to do it. <laughs> is that a good story? Yeah, that's cool, man. I never heard it. I've never heard it like that before. Cool. Yeah, so shout out to my brother cuz this I would not be where I am without him right now. Yeah, there you go. Shout out to him. <laughs> and you said you 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 had been making music for 20 years. Um so <laughs> what style of music? Uh, Our infinity is timeless. <laughs> yeah. Um okay, so I I was in middle school. Let's go back to middle school, really in the late 90s. So I'm, okay. I'm, I'm giving up how old I am, I guess now, whether that's good or bad. And uh, study hall, you you were given the option to sit there and be bored, or you could go to the library. So they had some some Apple Macintoshes set up, and it wasn't the the old Mac, you know, like the very first iconic Mac. It was one that came a little bit later. I'd have to look it up and see exactly which one it was, but yeah. there was a there was a program on there called Music Time, and I don't know why the school had it on there, but it it basically was a, a piano roll and it lets you create MIDI files, right? Mm-hmm. So I went in there and I had I had nothing to do and I didn't want to read books. I wasn't ever really into reading, so I would sit at the computer and I would open this up. And I would just play around making MIDI files. And I made terrible, terrible, awful music. Please tell me you have copies. Okay, so I, there, is a, there is a floppy. There is. No way. Yeah, when I left middle school, I had been doing this pretty much the whole time. This became my everyday thing. Like, I leave study hall, I go to the library, I open up music time, and for 42 minutes... I, you know, I just put notes down, having no clue what I'm doing. And could, so, could you save your projects? Yeah, you, you could, you could. Okay. So the the librarian had four separate floppies in a little case on her desk. They were just numbered, like library <laughs> one, library two, library three, right? Yeah. So I, I would remember, I'd be like, oh, all my music's on library one, and I would grab it every day, and I'd put the disc in, and my stuff was there, and I would add to it, oh my God. and I'd get really pissed when another kid would take the disc. Because yeah. after a year, I'd be like, "Dude, I got so much stuff on there." You can't back so, it up, like. Oh, hang on a second. Yeah. I got. I knew security would come by. Okay, I will definitely be out by 10 p.m. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. Thank you, sir. Yep. All right. Nice. That's yeah. Our infinity security keeps my compound secure, so I gotta <laughs> I gotta give a shout out to them for <laughs> mm-hmm. holding the fort down. I know. I'm I'm really at work because I'm I'm poor. And so I got to use my stuff at work. Okay. Yeah. So, so I, I did, I grabbed this floppy disc at the end of the year. I asked the librarian, like, you don't really want this. Do you, can I take this home? And she's like, yeah. And I still have it. It's, and it still works. I oh backed up God. everything off of it. So, so um, awesome. 
I haven't released anything off of that, and I probably won't because it's honestly really terrible. But maybe yeah. someday I'll I'll give someone like a glimpse into into those MIDI files from like actually 1994. You could make a like a samp. You could sample it. Oh, actually, you know, I could. That's not a bad idea at all. Like, take a little chunk of it and mm-hmm. and chop it up and screw it. Yeah. All right, man. Food for thought. I'm not. I I might actually do that, man. All right. All right for another day. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure to send me a floppy if you do. <laughs> I will. You'll get. I mean, it was your idea. You'll get like a like a gold plated special edition. Sweet. I'll do that for you. I'll take it. Um. So yeah. What uh, What happened after that? What happened after that? Well, so, so, you know, the summer came and I, I had a computer at my house, but I didn't have this software. Um, so I stole it. I dumped it onto a floppy and I took it home so that I could keep <laughs> making music. Cause back then it was really easy. You just had to take like one file and copy it, you know, yeah, it was no, just the executable, right? That's it. Yeah. There was no like installation. There was no copy protection, you know? So, I, yeah. so I took it home, I put it on my computer and that was like my summer for a good man, really, honestly, a good deal of my time in high school, especially over the summer was me sitting down writing those MIDI files and not really knowing what to do with them. Cause, uh, you know, like I was listening to electronic music and stuff at the time and, you know, it just sounded like crappy. Like I can't, I can't compete with the chemical brothers. This doesn't yeah. sound anything like that. I can't make techno, you know? So, but I kept doing it cause I loved it so much and I, d- I didn't want to get rid of them cause I spent a ton of time on these songs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, actually some of those, some of the later ones um, that I did at home, that's what ended up becoming the Delphi Oracle album. Oh, nice. Because, yeah. Cause I, I have I, that floppy. Yeah, I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> that is the nicest floppy, I think, out of every floppy released by anyone, maybe. Oh, The case really... with the logo on it and just mm-hmm. uh, the white. It's so white. It's pure. Those were be- fresh beautiful. floppies. I found, I found a case of unused virgin floppies still in the plastic. Nice. And Yeah. Well, okay, so fast forward a little bit, and I... I'm an adult. I'm more of me now. And I, I discover the vaporwave community. And then I discover that like, Oh, you know what? Those, those old MIDI files are kind of, I mean, they're part of this. Like they're actually old. And my friend and I actually did have a plan to, to make some video games, you know? So my day job, I, we talked about this a little bit. I, I'm a software architect. And I, so I was really interested in programming too when I was in school, and so was he. And we had this idea for a, an RPG, and we had like a Greek theme to it. And at some point, we came up with the the name Delphic Oracle, Delphi Oracle, because mm-hmm. that was a thing. Like the Oracle at Delphi was the the greatest of all the oracles in ancient Greece. They told you what was going to happen, like whether you were going to listen to rave music or hip hop music. That came <laughs> Delphi Oracle. <laughs> Um, and so, man, so then it just all came together. I was like, oh, this game that was part of my childhood, you know, it didn't exist, but it was, I had all this up in my head and I had this floppy full of music that I didn't know what to do with. And I was like, I'm going to release this and be like, here, this was a, 
this was like a piece of nostalgia that was really close and dear to me. Like I had a lot of memories attached to it. And I was kind of like, man, if I release this, will other people get that? Like, will they feel that when they listen to it, even though they exactly. didn't experience, you know, they didn't, they didn't experience what, how I led up to that point. I'm sure before this interview, nobody had any idea of any of that. They were just like, yeah. Oh, you know, I picked some name and I made some music, but yeah, well, it's such a personal thing too. You had it, you worked on it for so long. You learned how to make music through it. And it, you're so lucky to have ha been able to get it. And, you know, you said you did it for a whole summer and it took over your life. So that's just, it's so nice to, to hear you be able to build on that sort of. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and along the way I didn't lose it. That floppy didn't get like corrupted or lost, you know, mm -hmm. when I moved somehow, it somehow it made its way to the future and then everyone else got to listen to it. Mm -hmm. So and because it's so special, it's like, how do you handle showing it to the world you know mm. so fragile yeah so um yeah so i guess that's why it was really important to me you know that like i made all these physical things myself because i felt like it was part of this this experience i wanted to give to people like i don't want to hand that off and i'm not like a graphic designer honestly i've never done anything like that in my life but I became really motivated by this idea that like, well, I had this whole, I had this whole vision in my head. I want to put it all together myself. And when I hand it to you, I can say, you know, like, yeah, this, this came directly from me. It was just me in literally in my basement. I do all this in my basement at like 3am. Like, you know, when you put that tape in, that's, I was holding it and I made it for you. It didn't come from a factory. Yeah. Maybe, you know, that maybe that does make it a little more, a little more special. And somehow that communicates something about it when you listen to it. It absolutely color. does. Yeah. So I, I just scour for like stuff that, that feels good in my hand. Like I found these cases that are extra thick, mm -hmm. you know? And when I, I picked it up, I was just like, you know, like I just like how it feels. I'm going to make sure I always use these now. And then I, I get a little bit obsessive about like scouring eBay and buying them all. Yeah. Cause I get really worried that I won't be able to have them later when I want them. Yeah. And what if they stop making them? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in the R Infinity compound, there's there's like uh, boxes upon boxes of just stuff that maybe I'll use one day. <laughs> I should give you a picture. It, it'd probably be really interesting to people because I I'll buy a bunch of stuff ahead of time and I'll I don't even know what I'm going to do with it, but I'll dump it in there because then later on when I'm going to make a new album, I'll just like I'll just like dump it out on the desk and start looking through stuff and be it's like kind of the I? same. Same together. process you. Oops, sorry. It's oh. kind of the same process you take with making your albums. Like you prepare it, but you haven't made it yet. Right, right. Some sometimes the color of the tape is is like I'm like, oh, that that color that inspires me to make this kind of album now, right? And then mm -hmm. I I build the rest of it around that initial like spark. Right. So, uh, so just to make sure I understand the story correctly, you brought the floppy home. And what exactly happened between then and then your, your discovery of Vaporwave? Because you said you were making music for 20 years, so you had to be making some sort of other music, not just on your old Apple computer with a, with a floppy, right? Oh, right, right, yeah. Yeah, okay, so that, that original floppy that was filled with all my, my unpresentable early works, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, ba it, it basically just sat around. Like, I didn't want to get rid of it, but no one's ever heard anything on that floppy 
And then when I stole the software and I started making new stuff, that's pieces of that or what became like Delphi Oracle. Um, so in the meantime, I was heavily influenced by like drum and bass, jungle music, you know? Um, Dope. Oh, I know you're a fan of drum and bass, right? Big time. Yeah, I know I read that somewhere. So <laughs> uh, artists cool. like like Reed Speed, LTJ Bookham, yeah. uh, Diesel Boy, AK-1200, you know, nice. uh, DJ Dara, you know, that was the era where I started getting into drum and bass especially. And I learned that, you know, like you could go see these DJs live and I started getting into, into rave culture. Mm-hmm. And so that's and that's so that's what I wanted to produce. And so eventually I got a copy of like really early Fruity Loops or something. Um, and I started trying to make drum and bass and trance and progressive house. I, I also got very much into that. Um, and I had I had an old album with a friend from college that that ended up being uh, signed to Ingrooves which is a really big distribution company. They just sort of take whatever and they throw it on the internet mm. now. Um, and that, you know, it never really went anywhere, but that was kind of the first time I had a taste of like something I did was presentable. You know, somebody thought that it might have legs and that gave me a little boost in the middle of my life to keep doing it, even though nothing ever really came, came from that. Um, so time passes and man, I can't remember the exact moment that it happened, but it, at some point, definitely the first Vaporwave album I stumbled upon was Echo Jams. Yeah. Um, I must have read something about it. I didn't have the tape originally, but I, I was like, oh, this sounds kind of weird. And so I took it and I, I burned it to a CD and it kind of sat in my car for a while. And I remember the first time I listened to it, I was driving home from work and there was a traffic jam. And it was like super rainy outside. I was like stuck on the highway in the middle of a thunderstorm. Mm. So I got nothing else to do. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I left this this CD in here. So I pop it in. And like the first track, I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. This is, yeah you know, I think that's maybe everybody's kind of first impression. Like, well, especially the atmosphere you're in is perfect. That's true. That's and true. You're trapped I, as well. I was. So you have to listen. I was trapped. I was bored. I had no other option but Echo Jams. <laughs> <laughs> so I so yeah so I like I listen to the first song and I'm like yeah this is weird and then I get to the Jojo track and that really hit me for some reason I'd never heard the original before and hearing that chorus looped over and over and then watching the rain I was just like whoa what is this what is this what am I feeling right now mm-hmm. um, and then I think Castles in the Sky is shortly after that right and and then that was just like because because I remember I had the rave scroll that was my predetermined destiny. Yeah, I had I had already been to a bunch of raves. I had heard that song played live by DJs. I had been in that experience of like oh wow right like in the you know in the the abandoned uh, uh, furniture factory you know where the illegal rave and the DJs were holed up and like. Yeah. And man, so that song comes on and it's it's all slowed down and messed up. And I swear, it's like my head went straight through the back of my car. And like I left my body for a second because then mm-hmm. the nostalgia just hit me so hard. And I was like, what? Crazy. Yeah, what is this feeling? I need more of this. Like what else is going gonna, is gonna to do this to me? 
And I, when I talk to other people, I kind of feel like that is, that's what drives people into vaporwave because they, at some point they get that feeling, even if they didn't have maybe the original experience with the song, maybe that I did, but like, they still have that nostalgia delivered to them. And then you want more of it. It's like, it's like an addictive kind of like, you never want to stop feeling that you're always looking for something new. Like you want the next take to give you that feeling again and have it be new next one, the next one. So that's, that's pretty much where I started. Then I just started stalking Reddit and YouTube and just eventually I ended up on VCC, you know, buying tapes from everybody feeding my addiction. Mm -hmm. And what, what year was that when you heard echo jams? So, so, you know, my music project started probably about six months after that, maybe a year. So I got to say that's like 2016. Okay. I'm pretty, I was pretty late to the game. You know, that was well after that album was released and people were, were well into this. And I'm, I was not around when like a lot of the golden original stuff was out, you know, like when telepath was first releasing albums or whatever. Like I was, I was totally not in the scene then at all. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was playing catch up for a long time, kind of diving back and learning about all this stuff. So I guess that's where it starts to intersect with where I started doing our infinity because I, I was like, can I deliver that nostalgia feeling that I felt in my car, trapped in my car in the rain? Can I give that to somebody else? And maybe it's not even necessarily through what you would say is like classic vapor, like plunder phonics, you know? Mm-hmm. Is, can, I, can I make original music that sort of has that feeling embedded in it? and get you to feel that right because honestly i i tried to do plunder for a while and i was terrible at it yeah i was really i was bad like i i was like i can't do this it's just not my skill the the people that do it well they honestly have a talent for sure they should be they should they should be respected for their ability to choose that sample and to manipulate it in just the right way to deliver the feeling that's not like an accident you can't just sit there like a monkey at your keyboard and audacity and be like, here it is, you know, like they're, they're purposeful. That's a true skill. And it is. And I, I did not have that. So mm-hmm. I took the skill that I did have and I, I tried to, I tried to do something similar I want, in terms of the feeling. Right. I guess that's what really sort of gave me my purpose and why I'm doing it now. Mm-hmm. Can I make you feel like I did? Cause that was such a great feeling. Well, you certainly pulled it off my friend thank you that is the best compliment oh, and it just that anyone could give me and it just gets better and better but you know like i said that your first record hit me like a ton of bricks i love that first song on there so much um so you you certainly i, I you must have had a background in it like i you know i knew that from the start and this project like you said is fairly recent you've actually released i think it's eight records in under a year technically because the project started in june in 2018 right was that right uh july let's see let me look at the calendar i want to say yeah so 2018 february that's, february that's when i that's when i put my first tape up for sale okay and then that year so just over I a went, year yeah i went through one 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 two 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 ttt the uh the bracket album right bracket left bracket (laughs) yeah yeah you know sitting here trying to say these things it's at uh, yeah it's like reversed brackets 
it's a, it, it seemed like such a cool thing to just make the make the album title something completely abstract but it makes it kind of hard to talk about absolutely and <laughs> and pronounce yeah like I, I made it and i'm not even sure what to what to call it now i'm just like the bracket album like yeah come on man you you should know what to call it yo Have man check out my new record it's right bracket left bracket <laughs> that's literally what i did yeah I, i'm not changing it though i like it cool um yeah so yeah so i got that and then i got emr that's the rainbow colored album and that's where i ended the first year so one one two three four and then delphi oracle yeah right so that was that was six my first year and then this year i put out ooo which was the i guess that's the flower album yeah and Beautiful then kuno right and then kunoichi Kuno those are my Ichi. two so far this year yeah and i got i got one more all ready to go Ooh. it's gonna go up at the end of may may Ooh. very yeah. sweet. very cool all right so was that the end of that that tangent how i how i began in the vaporwave community how i found we, my way we in. love tangents on this show okay that's what makes that's what makes stories interesting right yeah <laughs> so you kind of talked about you know your music and and why you're making it uh, can you tell us a bit more about your aesthetic, though? Like, you, I talked about the J card and all that, but you really mm-hmm. have a sort of theme with your with your music and all your albums. And I was wondering if you feel like maybe they're within the same universe, and if that was intentional. And the way, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I am so impressed that you just said that. Thank you. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is i when i'm making my stuff i kind of feel like there's not a whole lot of delineation between you know like the the one album ending and the next one Mm -hmm. starting because from my perspective i'm just i'm just kind of always making stuff due to the way that i work it's like it's like i'm gonna make some music and then i'm gonna sort it like this this thing i just made it's going on this tape that's sitting here this other one it's it's going on this tape. I've actually got, oh man, I've got six, six physicals that just, they're sitting on my desk right now. And so I make, I make a song and I'm like, okay, which one does this sound like? And I put it in that folder for later for when that tape comes out. Like you won't hear that tape for a year, wow. but I, I put something on so, it today. So you could like right? get a, a little sticky and write that, that on it and put it on the actual cassette for the, for that yeah. or, or folder you could call it but an actual physical cassette that's so neat man yeah so um i guess as as far as the universe yeah it's like i keep wanting to make you know where to where is this next place i want to take you sort of in this this thing that i'm building in my head and so you know like the ooo album was very much a jungle you know i was like how can i make something that just just makes you feel like you're sitting at the bottom of a jungle and you've got no fucking way out <laughs> and you're you know um emr that's the rainbow album that was just because i was feeling like i was feeling like autumn like i wanted to put the feeling of autumn into mm-hmm. music so it's got like some rain it, it feels kind of like mellow to me like a little bit melancholy and nostalgic and kind of happy at yeah. times because I feel like that season is kind of a mixed season. You know, it's it's my favorite season. Everything kind of cools off and you can walk around with the hoodie. Mm-hmm. 
and everything just feels sort of like like it's calming down like the whole world is starting to shut down and get ready for winter and it's like a it's a very peaceful time why did you separate your logo for that album you oh, split how it? it's it's uh, you know there's probably two answers to that the first is i came up with that water theme and i thought it looked dope if the out if the album cover sort of looked like it was refracting light through water oh because it you know like how you put a straw on a glass and the the straw gets broken so i was like you know what i'm just i'm just gonna like slice the logo and see how that looks and it it was a little weird at first because i'm very um i'm very cognizant of my branding i guess you would say like i kind of format every album cover the Mm -hmm. same way that that logo that i use means a lot to me it's a very personal thing and so like I kind of I want to protect it like I feel very strongly about it and so when I first did that I was like oh that's it's not going to look that way on any other album and then it kind of settled with me and I was like no that's that's what I need to do for this one it's just part of it you know because I think probably in my life at that time I was feeling a little split about things too in my personal Mm -hmm. life you know kind of like there was a rift in me and so it was just natural that it sort of came out at that time into the art that I was making and it you know and it worked with that refraction aesthetic Mm -hmm. that I was experimenting with. So that's how that came wow, about. Wow, that's really nice. Um, thank you, man. Uh, the green album, left left bracket, right bracket. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely me feeling kind of like cyberpunky. Like, what does it feel like to be in a Japanese city of mm-hmm. the future? You know? But my thoughts, they kind of end there. Like, I, I get that one sentence, and then I'm like, okay. Let's do I'm, it. I'm just going to make everything that comes to mind when I think about that one yeah. sentence. And I, I, I purposefully don't try to flesh the rest out. I guess that's why all the track titles are just kind of like random shit that I come up with. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to put the ideas in your head with the text so much. I want the music to put the idea in your head. So a lot of them are just, they're just numbered. It's literally just like the order that I made them in. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I rearrange it. You know, the first track that I make might end up being, the last track on the album because when i'm done that's just what it sounds like to yeah me. and you kind of make I, a story with them based on the order you tell it with yeah the order is very important to me i i spend way too much time sitting at my computer in the middle of the night reordering the tracks and then i <laughs> and then i feel like i have to listen to the whole album again to like you know because i can't just skip between them i gotta feel the i gotta feel the yeah. flow that's um, a lot of work. How do you have time to be a software architect? <laughs> well, because it's my day job. I come, I come do this from oh, nine yeah, to five. Oh yeah, three a.m. Yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah. So our our infinity time is like eleven p.m. to three a.m. <laughs> just about every night where I'm I'm able. Yeah. And I I do I have I've got the whole setup in my basement. I've got three three Nakamichi cassette decks. Oh nice. I've got two mini disc decks. I've got my turntables from when I was doing DJ stuff, like my rave Sick. period. And it's that's like my little personal space. And I go down there and I close the door. I, all my lights are like purple. Oh, I'd love to see some photos. I can I can definitely share some photos. Dope. And that's that's just like the cocoon. Yeah. That's you know and and the music is what comes out of it once I lock myself in there for a month. <laughs> Awesome. (laughs) So you said the logo means a lot to you. Um, How did you come up with it? Where did it come from? Was it from your childhood or? No, no. Um, 
So I had an earlier project. It was called Neocognitron. So that was one of my attempts at making like breakbeat drum and bass kind of stuff. And none of that was ever released. And there was a very early version of my current logo that I had made for that. It was, um, it was a lot softer. Like it was really circular kind of. And I was never happy with Mm. it. I was, I was never really happy with anything in that project. You know, like it was all, I always felt like it was 90% and I could never get the last 10%. And so I never had the confidence to release it. And so it, it just sits on my hard drive. Yeah. But, um, that logo, I, I kept changing it. Like I, I changed a color one day and then I changed the shape and I'm not even sure, honestly, how I started it. I think I just went into illustrator and I made some shapes in a circle and I was like, well, that's not very good. I'll, I'll do some more work on it tomorrow. And then eventually I got to the current one and it, you know, like as soon as I saw it, I was just like, oh, it's done. Like I can't, I can't change a single thing about it now and be happy with it. It has mm. to be this. Um, so I, it, I can't really articulate that it has a specific meaning or, or anything other than it was, it was just like an ooze that sort of flowed out of my brain over the course of two years. And I, I just kept sculpting it and sculpting it until I was like, Oh, that's me. Like, that's kind of, that's what I've been wanting this whole time. And I, I eventually sort of just chipped away at it till I had something that I, it felt like me. And then I, I put it on everything nice. that I did. That's really neat. Yeah. And the logo came first. So I actually, I didn't have a name at all. And I kind of, I had this idea that I was just not going to pick a name. And, <laughs> you could tell marketing yeah, is not well, my background. How exactly does that work right? out? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like I, I went to set up the Bandcamp profile and it's like, put in, put in what your <clears throat> subdomain is going to be. And Shit. I was like, oh damn. <laughs> Shit. That's, like stopped. So I was foiled at the very yeah. beginning. I couldn't even get past that stage. <laughs> And so, and so that's why my, you know, to get to my music, you just got to type in like R R R X R R R. I couldn't, I could not think of a name I was happy yeah. with. And so I just put a bunch of the letters in. I was just like, whatever, it doesn't matter. What I really care about is the logo. What about, uh, have you, have you heard of Ra- the Rydberg constant? Um, you know, so you looked <laughs> that up. You did. You put R. You put the R infinity symbol into hey. Google, and you were like, what you "Oh, offer? that's where he got it, <laughs> right?" He's it's, he's like a physics yeah, geek, I'm, and he thought this was. Um... I've got good questions. Okay, did I peg you with that <laughs> yeah. though? Where you you didn't know about the Rydberg constant before you I did Googled not. it, right? <laughs> okay. Well, so I so I did the same thing like last week. <laughs> that's I put R infinity in. I know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that actually means something in physics? Like, that's that's prolific. What does mm-hmm. it mean? And I started reading about it, and it didn't seem all that impressive to me. No. So I just I just decided I wouldn't talk about the Rydberg constant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought here I am thinking you're a physicist. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. That's hilarious, though. Because I know I as soon as you said that, I was like, Here oh. we go. And, it, and if we had had this interview a week earlier, I would have been like, what are you talking about? What the hell is that? <laughs> you would have explained it to yeah. me. <laughs> That's amazing. 
Hmm. Yeah. Well, so do you remember what it actually means? Because I don't. What What is it in physics? Uh, what is that number for? Like, uh, I can't really remember. It's, I can't. Uh, it has to it's do with like electromagnetism and atoms. Well, that was lucky. But I don't quite remember. If you're really interested, just our <laughs> infinity in Google. There you go. Everybody else will check it out. And funny enough, that that will not lead you to my music at all. No, I think it does. It does, my music like isn't even in the, like the top 100 when you put my own name <laughs> into Google. So that's how bad I am at marketing. Yeah. That's our infinity. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just destined to be obscure. Yeah. Yeah, um, man. Taking a drink here too. I've been talking. No, a lot. no, it's all good. People want to hear you, not me. Um, where, where, where am I with my questions here? So you said you make your music for, uh, to, to establish a sort of feeling in the listener, you know, nostalgia, kind of transport them to another place. What do you feel about the experience of the audience trying to kind of deconstruct the meaning behind your records? Because there's so much to them. Um, with the with all the imagery and the the song names, the album names, and even the descriptions you put on Bandcamp about how you make them and the intricacies yeah. about the process, um, I love reading that stuff. So can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, yeah, that's good feedback. I that's sort of been an afterthought for me, but um, if you. I, I appreciate your opinion. If you enjoy it that much, maybe that's something I should pay a little more attention to in the future. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> my titles are so terrible. Well, man, so you bring up kind of an interesting point, I guess. Um, having having other people deconstruct it when in the first place I was a, I was trying to be purposefully vague, there's like a, there's a gap there. You know, yeah, there's well, a, people always, there's a mismatch. Yeah, for sure. Well, people are always looking for meaning, right? Of course. That's, that's like a, that's just part of the human condition. Mm-hmm. We think there's, there's something underneath. There's always another layer yeah. and I want to get to it. I want to know what's there. Um, so you know what? I'm, I'm sure there's all kinds of weird stuff that goes on in my brain when I'm deciding you know, like what random shapes I'm going to throw on my album and which photo I use and what my color schemes are. And when other people deconstruct that and they hand it back to me, that's, that's actually pretty fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I was trying to be, I was trying to be vague. I was trying to give you something like here, here's inspiration. I want you to kind of run with this and make it your own and, and see what develops in your head. And then you come back to me and you're like, man, this is what I found. <laughs> and it's it's kind of about yeah. you. It's like, did you know that you did this? <laughs> like, did you know your name was the Rydberg Constant? No. No, Indy. I didn't. I had no idea about that. So, um, Or it's like, yeah, I don't have a creative genius. What? <laughs> what <laughs> no. No, not even. It's This is this has all been totally uh, a, like I said about the creation of the logo, this is like a chipping away. Mm. You know, like every day I do something a little different, maybe a little better, and I get a little closer to what I really want because I can't just make what I really want appear by thinking about it. I have to sort of try to deal with the imperfection of our reality and attempt to craft it through small yeah. steps, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Yeah. So you know what? There's no conduit though. For if if someone has some awesome deconstruction of something I did, um, how do they get it back to me? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they they Twitter. find me on Twitter. They post something. No one's ever really done that. That's kind of a that's kind of a neat idea to to bring that back, and maybe that sort of modifies the album. I I would honestly, if I had someone come to me with some crazy revelation about something I did that that blew my mind, I would honestly go back and sort of re-release the album with that included. I'd be like, here, here's a part two to this because this inspired something in someone else that I thought was so neat. I kind of I kind of want to complete the loop and now feed it back out to the mm-hmm. rest of you. No, that's awesome. And that's that is it's kind of a cool idea. Uh, <laughs> Related story, I I met a random a random person on Reddit who listened to something I posted. I don't remember which track it was, but he was really into it. And this was early on, so that that means yeah. a lot to you. If if anybody's first starting out, if you've got even one person that's like this this was awesome. Well, shout man. out to like him that, if he's listening. That, yeah, yeah, totally. I wish I could remember their their Reddit username, but I can't. I'll head. Um. But we got into some really good discussions about kind of some of the things you asked me, like, you know, where did this come from? This sounds like a a place. I like I like how it sounds like something you had you had something in your head when you made this, and and I want to go there too. And eventually, I turned a question around on him, and I was like, you know what? If I if I could make any album for you, what kind of album would you want? sort of like soliciting a request for a new place to go. Mm. And um, the dude took a day to get back to me and he was just like, you know what? I got no idea. <laughs> like I'm, I, his response was basically something like, I have no idea how to do that. You're the one making this like you're good at it. So you should choose for us. And that, that was, um, that was something I remember because when I have periods where my confidence wanes, and I'm kind of like, is what I'm doing worth it? You know, should I really keep putting all this energy into it? I think about that time specifically where I'm like, you know, someone said to me that they felt like they couldn't make that decision, but I could. And they were just like, here, I I just want you to come up with whatever you think is awesome and deliver it because it's it's going to be something that I, I can't do. And I want to hear what you have to say mm-hmm. about it. And that's obviously uh, that's a confidence boost for an artist. That's. That's probably what keeps a lot of us going. I would yeah. imagine. No, that's great. And those are yeah, those are the things that kind of keep you going, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it is so you had a great post on VCC once. Oh yeah. I felt like you were just like in a really like cuddly mood. <laughs> <laughs> right? You, you do you know what I'm talking about when you made well, this? Well, I'm post? single, but sure, yeah. You were you were you just kind of like rolled up to the VCC page and you were just like, dude, you guys are so awesome. I love this place. Oh, I know that post. Yeah. Right. I think I told you, I told you on Twitter, I was like, that was really cool. I, I kind of really appreciated that. Um, Everybody needs, we that, need a reminder that we're all doing this for each other every once in a while, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. The fact that, that like, there's so many people that are into, vaporwave i think vcc probably has like nine thousand members last time i looked right yeah close to it that's that does that sound about right yeah i mean that's that's all eight thousand that's a lot of people to me 
when I try, when I think about that, how many people are looking at the stuff that's put there every day? And like the people that are making the music are hanging out there. People that are consuming the music are hanging out there and they're constantly interacting. Like in how many other scenes do I have such ready accessibility to the artists producing this stuff? I mean, they're just like, they're all over the place and, and new people are springing up every day because they're being inspired and then they become a, they used to be a consumer and today they're, they're a producer. Yeah. That's why I love that's, this genre, man. Yeah. It's that's so much a you know, part of it. Like you said, new producers, desert sand, you know, like just, just I, I love so much sand. good stuff coming out. Uh, yeah. Shout out to desert sand. You keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's some awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it really is something that I feel like doesn't exist in other music communities. Unless, unless it does, and I just never realized it before. Mm-hmm. It's also why I love the magazine, because there's some really awesome people that work on that team that have some incredible ideas for things we can do for the community to make it more, uh, I don't know if the robust is the word, but interactive, participatory. I have an article coming out. I have two, actually, in the next... Um, volume so gotta get those perfect you are the voice of the people (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't think so look at you look how much you're i mean honestly i think a lot of people know you now and this is a this is a cool thing that you're moving forward nice well thanks for saying that well i do it for i was kind of mentioning this to you earlier i do it for the fans of the music but also for you guys you know i want you to be represented and this is a great platform to do it in a you know professional mature and transparent and honest way so it's it's a great thing you nailed it that's right (laughs) one thing it is missing though is that you have you have no way through the podcast to show people what you looked like in your trench coat hey which you mentioned previously i told you that in confidence (laughs) (laughs) oh that's right before the recording was started yeah yeah i used to wear a red eyeliner (laughs) and a trench coat back in my kind of emo days i was in a group of friends we called ourselves the pseudo punks because we were not really punks <laughs> we were but we were cool um yeah okay anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's a great story how did that come about oh god <laughs> yeah yeah we'll we'll stick the questions with you i think <laughs> Uh, all right. My my attempt to turn around the interview was unsuccessful. Honestly, I don't even know. A lot of music. I'm into metal a lot. Um, girls, the friends I was hanging out with, um, some other stuff that we don't talk about on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Honestly, the first 20 minutes when you weren't recording, I was, I was really enjoying it. It was a... Uh... <laughs> It was a great conversation. I hope you weren't. But recording. no one else will ever know. Yeah. They'll they'll just listen to the podcast and be like, oh, I guess we missed out. We'll have to piece it together over the episodes and really reconstruct right. it. <laughs> uh, so your record, Kunochi, Kuno, what is it? Uh, so Kunoichi, Kunoichi. That is, that's Japanese for a, a lady ninja. Oh. A female assassin. Damn. Okay, cool. Because I was going to yeah. ask about the the cover. It's really distinguished between uh, from your other records. It actually has a human in it. That's true. 
And um, you're correct. That was a that was that was a real spur of the moment thing. Actually, I was sitting at my desk one night, and I had um I had a pile of like four or five tracks, and they didn't really go together. You know, I was kind of like I like these, but they I can't put them on the same album. So I I did my thing and I kind of pieced them out to some of the different album concepts that I had laying around, and. Uh, one of them was the the second track on Kunoichi. Okay. And that one I got so psyched about. In the middle of writing it, I, I got out my external hard drive and I started backing it up when it was still open and playing in my DAW. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if other producers get so paranoid, but like I had this feeling that I, I did something that I couldn't reproduce if I tried. And so I was listening to it and I was just like, oh my God, if there was a, there was a power failure right now, or like if my computer crashed, hard drive, yeah, I can't get this back. Like I could try for a million years and I won't be able to recreate it exactly the same. So I was like furiously digging through all my stuff, trying to like plug in my hard drive. I was afraid to stop the song because I was like, what if that crashes it? I was getting really paranoid and obsessive or whatever. <laughs> Crazy. So I, I, I back the song up. And I start thinking about, again, you know, like, where does this fit? What does this sound like? And I just had that idea that it sounded very Asian. And it sounded kind of like, it sounded kind of soft, right? It didn't sound really aggressive to me. Um, and so I, I, I quickly just had this weird idea. I was like, well, that sounds like a female ninja. That sounds like an unassuming... You know, like maybe she's just chilling on the corner and then she she beats the shit out of you because she's been training her entire life. Yeah, it's hard assassin. to know. It's, it's such a close up shot, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like the the face covering, you know, mm-hmm. and it's got the, the pink lips. And and then I did the whole album pink because it just seemed like it fit. And um, and then I had this crazy idea. I was like, man, I'm really loving pink right now. I'm going to go make some pink hats to go along with it. This was the span of like an hour. So I go online and I, I had done this once before I released uh, a beanie with my logo on it with EMR. Yeah. And I went back to the same site and I was like, Oh dude, they have a neon pink. And that was it. I was just like order. And I got a giant box full of these pink beanies and I'm wearing it right now. I wear it constantly. All my coworkers noticed, yeah, for some, that like all of a sudden I was wearing all this pink, <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and I don't think I don't think I don't really talk about my music stuff um, when I'm at work because I'm trying to you know I'm trying to do my work, yeah, I kind of want to keep it separate. <laughs> um, so my lo- like my logo's on it and it's pink and I've, I'm wearing like a pink shirt because sometimes I go online and make random shirts for myself, yeah, and and it just became like a month of. Like, I don't know why, but I'm obsessed with neon pink. Yeah. This album has got to be pink. It's I'm a female ninja right now. Yeah, that's you know, it's like I assume the identity myself. You should. It would have been cool. <laughs> just a funny idea. You know, Pink Ranger, the yeah. producer could have been a split with him. Oh, I'm totally open to that. Have you That'd done any collabs or anything? I haven't. I I have not. Um I kind of feel like I would want to find someone that like we would really complement each other. Maybe you know? make a new alias with it too. Yeah, like the 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 combination of our styles yeah. 
dovetailed so nicely that it would just work. So, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of amazing artists and I don't mean to say that, you know, I wouldn't work with some of them for any given reason, but I kind of feel like I've been holding off because I'm, I'm waiting to hear something that makes me go, I could never do that myself. But if I put that with what I'm good at, it'll make something new that would blow some minds. Mm -hmm. It's also hard to find something that'll fit the sound that you want to go with. Right. 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 Like you mentioned, and, um, you know, in the past I, I did in one of my previous projects that I was a duo. I worked with another person for a couple years. Mm -hmm. Um, and we made some cool stuff, but I feel like we never really found that point where we had totally meshed like our, our fusion dance. <laughs> we never quite got it down right. And so <laughs> did you get that reference? DBZ, like Dragon Ball yeah, Z? Yeah. 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 So yeah, we never, we never quite got it. Um, and so I guess, you know, honestly, I'm a little apprehensive too about, about putting myself in that situation again, because my, my time is valuable isn't what I do for, for a living. It's what I do in my basement from 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want to make sure that if I'm going to do it, I'm totally invested and it's going to end up being something that, like I said, I there's just no way I could do it on my own. Yeah. I was browsing your, uh, your band camp and I remembered something interesting I discovered about your releases back when I, I one of them I bought. Oh, tell me, because I probably don't know. It's <laughs> yeah, it's that you kind of you put just something a little treat in there, a little Easter egg sort of. It's that you you put the the description of what the physical item you're selling is as oh. kind of <laughs> um, to indicate what exactly it is instead of just calling it, you know, a CD or a tape or floppy it's magnetic storage or optical storage artifact or for floppy that was the best my favorite one ancient storage (laughs) art ancient storage artifact (laughs) so that's hilarious and just i laughed at my own joke pretty hard when i wrote that down (laughs) i'm glad you appreciated that for sure man (laughs) i i had a conversation with uh i'm gonna get is it is it okay to shout out to someone individually on the podcast of course is that cool? Yeah. So you you have been buying my music for a long time. Um, and there's a there's a few other people. And I'm going to say Eddie G, who I also met in the, the VCC. I had some conversations with him early on as he was buying some of my stuff. And he said, um, the way that I put the albums together, and I apologize if I'm not getting this quite right, but I, I, this is how I remember the conversation the way that I put the albums together was like really kind of mysterious. Like I was almost purposefully trying to keep people from being able to find my albums, mm, interesting. <laughs> which I guess, I mean, talking about the naming and stuff, he kind of gave me the revelation that he's right. I, I wasn't really going out of my way to make what I was doing accessible. I was, I was creating random strings of letters for my URL and unpronounceable album names. Yeah. And, I've never written any text on any of the physicals or album covers. Like, like none of them have a letter. Yeah. They might have the symbols, a symbol or in the case of the brackets, but you know, if one of my, if one of my tapes were to make its way to like a half price books one day and someone picked up that tape, 
how the hell would they even figure out what it was? Because there's nothing to Google. You can't index it. Unless yeah. they like, yeah, like unless they tried to take a picture of the logo and and like reverse search it. Yeah, which I guess would be feasible. It'd be kind of cool if that happened. So he um he sort of reinforced that seed that was already in my head because I think I was already doing that on purpose. I was like, this is cool. I want my aesthetic to be a little mysterious, and I I really don't care if I'm not you know, well-known. I think it's kind of cool that maybe only 20 people know me and it's, that makes it more special. You know, I found the 20 people that really dug what I was doing and, and they have my tapes and they own them and they'll enjoy them. Well, and it fits the the aesthetic perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that is more in the forefront of my mind now when I'm thinking about what I'm doing in terms of I guess my personal aesthetic Yeah. where I'm just like, I'm, I'm trying to be obscure on purpose now. Like how, (laughs) how tough can I make it for someone to find what I'm doing? Yeah. (laughs) And then when they do, that's pretty cool. They, you know, they found their way through. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, when I first started buying your records, I didn't know how to search for you to keep up with what you were doing after I (laughs) discovered you. I was like, okay, (laughs) Uh, that's awesome and then I saw it somewhere at some point and I was like yes there it is I remembered and then this whole time I could have just remembered I, well once I realized it was just R-R-R-X-R you know then I was like okay <laughs> that's gonna help <laughs> but was that was that moment when you were like oh I found it again I mean you just recounted it for me that must have stuck in your head I, I guess so yeah right yeah like you, I did. It was a it was a a a great moment and uh, an aha moment. A yes. Yeah. Moment. I just had a mental image of you. I mean, I can't see you right now. I'm just staring at a microphone on my desk. But yeah. my mental image of you was like looking up at the sky, being like, "Oh damn! I finally got back to it." Yeah. Well, you know what I look like because I you were so kind to send me one of your beanies or toques, as we say in Canada. Oh, is that really what they're called? Yeah, a toque. A toque. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I'll start calling it that. Yeah. I I, I always make sure part. to say beanie when I know I'm dealing with American because none of you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would have had no idea what you were talking about. Yeah. And probably you, 90% of the people listening. Do you know where that comes from? Uh, Is that native it's probably Canadian? probably French, honestly. I don't know. Tuk, you think so? Tuk, Tuk. Like Putin. That's French. Poutine, like some people say, it's poutine. Oh yes, I didn't know that. A, a delicious plate of fried potatoes, yeah, and gravy. Is that right? And cheese curds. That's number one. Is the cheese curds are required. Yeah. to make it poutine. And you can put some maple syrup on there if you'd like. Oh, that's a, that sounds good. <laughs> no, I don't. Is the gravy? I'm sure required? some people do that. Yes, but no maple syrup. But I'm. But pe- some people do. That's just the Canadian, Canadian way. Apparently, <laughs> although I don't, I don't know anyone that does it. that's awesome that was such a random tangent yeah but thanks for the beanie oh yeah man i um i just you've been you've been buying everything that i made and i was just like you know what i want to make sure you have you have something special i love glad you appreciate it yeah for no for sure and i love the way the tapes and floppies look together i'll take a picture of it for you sometime I try to keep all my artists, you know, like, like we all do keep it organized and all that. So how, how do you organize your vaporwave collection? I have a very specific way that I order things. Oh yeah. Mine's a fucking, mine's a mess, man. It's a job. I'm working on it every day. (laughs) 
really? Yeah, it's a bloodbath. But you enjoy that, right? Yeah, like well, that's, yeah, that's, I'm rocking it. I'm throwing on the tunes while I do it, right? And appreciating yeah. the aesthetics. So you have you have no organizational scheme, or or are you still figuring it out? Sort of. It kind of like build it as I go. I'm like, okay, I've already got this section. That's all future funk, synthwave, whatever. This artist has a bunch new artists over here, and then I'll move that shit after a period once I get a bunch. Uh-huh. What's yours? It sounds interesting. Yeah, actually, yeah, this is a cool topic. Um, so I have I have a lot of vinyl. I started collecting vapor vinyl before I even touched cassette tapes. What was your first record vinyl? Oh, that's a that's a good question. What did I order first? Because it was around floral shop time, probably right, or just before. Um, there's Mori this, came I, out just after that. I was I was collecting before the. The floral shop event. Fiasco. Yeah. Horizon. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Windows 96 uh, had a record, maybe. I, no, I don't. I don't no, not early on, unless there's one I missed. No? Okay. Oh, okay. All right. I know what it was. I know what it was. Um, So I went to a George Clanton show. He was here in my hometown of Columbus. This was uh, October 2018. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, right around. Yeah, that was about the same time. In any case, um, I I went to the show, and he had his box of merch, and he had, like, two Virtua.zip. No way. Yeah. This is, is, yeah, because this was a bit ago, right? I love that record. That's uh, Esprit, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's Esprit. And so uh, he had those at the merch table, and like he kind of ran over. He was always going to the merch table, like in between doing stuff. Nice. And so he'd run over and he'd be there for a minute. And I was like, "Oh, that's a merch table!" Like, for, like I didn't realize I could buy stuff because I wasn't expecting it, I guess. And so like four or five people got in front of me, and I remember there were these two girls that that bought it right in front of me. And I walk up and I'm like, "One Virtua dot zip vinyl, please, George." And he looks at me and he's like, sorry, man, I don't got that anymore. Fuck. I was like, oh, no. Because that was, you know, after Echo Jams, I had my experience with Echo Jams in the car. Yeah. That, w- that was definitely one of the albums I heard next. Yeah. I was such a big Virtua Fighter freak well, those were the, when I was a the teenager. Two, right? It was Chuck Person and him, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, the, the cover has uh, Akira from the Virtua Fighter series yeah. on it. And I immediately recognized that, and that was that was like the entry into that album for me because mm-hmm. I loved I love Virtual Fighter so much. Well, anyway, such a so he gives. Me, sorry, go ahead. It's cool. He gives me um, a few Mirror Kisses albums, which I didn't I didn't even know that was him. He was just like, oh yeah, this was another thing I did. So I I picked up two of those right from him, and he signed one for me. And then nice. I went home, and I was like, oh dude, I have to get Virtua.zip. So I had those two were definitely um, my earliest pickups. It was Dance Decree. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, actually. I gotta hold on. I gotta look this up real quick. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I'll I'll make this story a little more concise. All right. Okay. So I I, I go to the George Clanton show. Your your original question was, what was my first vinyl? My vapor vinyl pickup. So I had no vinyl. I went to the George Clanton show here in Columbus, Ohio. I think it, it was October of 2017 or 2018. Mm. Go to the show. I miss out on the last like two Virtua.zip original pressings he had. Mm-hmm. 
I become extremely disappointed. Yeah. He sees it in my face and he goes, Oh no, it's okay, man. He's, he's so friendly. He's like the friendliest person you'll ever meet. Look, I got some other stuff. You should check this out. And he hands me the mirror kisses and kids garden split dance decree. So awesome. And he hands me mirror kisses, bad dreams. Wow. And he goes here, check these out. You're going to love them just as much. So I go, okay, cool. Those were, those were my two pickups and he signed dance decree for me. And I've still got that all wrapped up. Cause you know, that, that was like a, that was a thing in my life. That was my first pickup. That's crazy. I bet that'll be worth a, a lot. Uh, I could never get rid no, of it. No, 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 no. It's way more important to, uh, have that memory. It's about the nostalgia, oh, right? Hell yeah. 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 I'll pull that out when I'm like 60. Just like I had that flashback in my car. I'll have the flashback to, to the George Clanton show. Exactly. Um, I just watched. So yeah. His, so that I just, sorry, go ahead. Oh no. What were you watching? Um, his interview with Anthony Fantano on YouTube. Have oh. you seen that? No, I'm gonna have to go check that out. Really nice interviews. He was very, um, just honest and transparent. It was, and it was like an hour too long. So it was really good. And yeah. the show he's putting on, man. Oh my God. Oh, I know. I know. I don't have a ticket, but you do. And you're going to cover it for us. That's going to be awesome. Hopefully everything's still <laughs> in the works, but uh, maybe by the time this interview comes out, we'll it'll be more aware of uh, the structure of things. I hope so. This, I mean, this is like a milestone. People will be talking about the people that he has gathered together for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. We'll be telling the stories to our grandkids. <laughs> That'd be amazing if they cared about the music I listened to. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully uh, vape st- vape's still alive by then. Well, you know, that question comes up, you know, like is, is vaporwave in 2060 going to be the same because the whole time frame has shifted. Yeah. It'll probably transform. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? <sighs> What'll it transform into? It'll probably sort of. I think it can only branch out so far before it things stop becoming vaporwave, uh-huh. and then I don't know. People might lose interest, or it might be harder to discover people, and then they'll go to the bigger people, and then mm-hmm. the genre might turn into a bit of an amalgam. Like, uh, you know how some people say in like a hundred years, all humans are going to be the same shade of color. Or oh right, we'll become completely homogenized. Yeah, sort of like the scientific that. term. I think that might happen eventually, but I don't know. That's interesting. That sounds like kind of a bleak dystopian vaporwave future. <laughs> <laughs> well, vaporwave <laughs> does that to me sometimes. It makes me anxious all the time. It's crazy, especially like classic <laughs> does style. Does it make you anxious? Yeah, big time. Sometimes just some stuff That's... I can't listen to, like the. A lot of noise, noise vapor, and some classic style like echo jams. I can't, I can only do some songs on it, and I don't know. Oh. Some of it's too much for me. What's actually something interesting I was thinking about recently about Vaporwave is that mm-hmm. part of why I think it's able to exist as a thing in the different micro genres within has to do with our human calibration to music and how. You know, if you if you're editing music and you like put uh, the repeater on so you hear something over and over again, I do that a lot when I'm editing yeah. voices, yeah, um, and video as well. It starts to turn into a song because you hear it so much. Um, right. It's, it's such a weird phenomenon, right? And 
But if you kind of make it a bit longer, it starts to not seem repetitive. If you were to stretch that out and make it really slow, it would, you're at a certain point, your mind stops thinking it's repetitive and it sounds like a whole new song again, sort of. And I think that's why Vaporwave is so great because people can take these, like Waterfront Dining is a great example. He takes these beautiful snippets of all these classic unknown gems and reworks them into entire songs. And not necessarily because he just slows them down, but he makes them, you know, Cat Corp as well. People make them into a pace that allows for our human minds to say, okay, this actually isn't repetitive, even though we're hearing the same thing over again, over and over, like um, shopping at Helsinki. Uh, I think the song Mm -hmm. is called, I forget, the first song on the record, maybe it's called Future. That song is basically the same thing over and over again, but it's almost my favorite song in Vaporwave. It's the one that goes like, Yeah, Same thing I've got that vinyl. I've definitely yeah. spun that a few times. I okay, so I love I love Sandra Wave. Oh yeah, I wish Very I had early that tape. Man. Corp. I, oh, I do have that tape. I treasure that tape. Uh, so you know that's definitely got that feel where if I really stop and think about what I'm listening to, it's been the same chorus for like eight minutes. But at some point, you're right. It it transforms. It's like my brain gets stuck in a groove where it stops caring that it's repetitive and it likes it. There's like a threshold that you cross and it, and you know, that's why I found it was, it was funny that you said some things were anxious to you because once my mind crosses that, you know, I think the, the word like hypnagogic gets thrown around, thrown around a lot that, then it's like that song could continue for 45 minutes mm-hmm. and it would be no different than if it continued for 20 or 45 hours, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like all of a sudden time ceases to have meaning. So yeah, that's, I mean, kind of mind blowing when you think about it, you get, you get stuck in this like wormhole of music. Yeah. And how do we get out of it? Am I, oh man, am I still in my basement listening to Sandra wave? <laughs> Is this all just a dream? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so vapor wave, bro. That, oh yeah, man. That's the most vapor thing I've heard all day. Yeah. <laughs> Is vapor a proper verb now? vapor can i say that yeah i don't like can i vapor something yeah (laughs) i i have had a thought a couple times i really vaporize all kinds of things that maybe shouldn't be okay like Like techno like proper old school techno oh wow drum and bass has anyone attempted that i want to see drum and bass vape like i'm telling you right now we i've seen it could work pardon me i think it could work yeah for sure man I mean, if you slow down drum and bass, you're basically just turning it into breakbeat. <laughs> I guess depending on yeah. how slow you make it. Yeah. Uh, we've, you know, we have a lot of artists that touch on like old video game music. That's a very common theme. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a video game based record, right? The what's it called? I always forget the name. It's like the, your video game soundtrack. Oh, so that was Delphi Oracle. Yeah. Dot. Where uh, I had this MIDI mid. Right. Because I had this plan with my friend to make the game mm-hmm. when we were in high school. We never did. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, you know, I had, I had an idea. I've got another tape sitting on my desk. I got into this idea. There's like this arcade aesthetic that is very embedded in me. I don't know if anyone else did this when they were younger and arcades were prevalent, but you know, there was like an arcade in my local mall and it really, it really did look like the stereotypical 
like vaporwave background, you know, with like the glass blocks and the like neon zigzag lights. And you would walk in and you would see that there was like an Auntie Annie's pretzels Mm. on the left. And on the right, there was this dark kind of smelly arcade, you know, like the carpet had been there for 10 years. Yeah. You know, but it, and it had like a smell to it and it was always mixed with the smell of the pretzels across the, the corridor. And I would go in there and I would play Virtua Fighter because I mentioned how much I loved Virtua Fighter. And there's something about the sound on arcade games where it's different from a home console. Like, did you ever go to an arcade? Do you understand what I'm talking about? Oh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the, the cabinets are completely different, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, like the sound hardware, Mm -hmm. if you are thinking about, you know, like the Sega Genesis has like a very particular chip sort of sound to it. Yeah, the chip definitely dictates how it's going to sound. And the Super Nintendo is kind of like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like in the arcade, if you played like a Neo Geo machine or like a Capcom game or whatever, that like the music just had a certain like you knew it was an arcade game and it sounded exciting because you at the time you couldn't hear that at home your your game consoles weren't powerful enough mm-hmm. and so i i did start working on this album where i was like can i just make all the music sound like an arcade game like even if you even if i didn't tell you this was supposed to be an arcade game if you listen to it with someone that had this experience as me like going to the dirty arcade and eat the pretzel and playing virtual fighter yeah would they then have that spark in their head where they're like oh man this dude made some like arcade music that kind of thing mm-hmm so you know can i can that become vaporwave because i feel like part of the definition is sparking nostalgia i don't know yeah for we'll sure see. for me probably, I'm, I'm pretty confident that tape will come out nice yeah for me vaporwave is just basically any anything that was that was born out of the genre that tried to um get by by subverting copyright uh yeah by slowing it down if you're related to that it's vaporwave like that's that's it for me as far as i'm concerned i think that's a pretty good definition it keeps it nice and broad you know that's right i'm not picky inclusivity <laughs> there you go <laughs> all right well what else anything else you wanted to cover man yeah I, i've got now? a couple more questions for you if you've got time all right oh i do this is great let's keep going apparently you have until 10 <laughs> oh yeah our infinity security yeah they've got to do lockdown procedure right at 10 uh-huh. up all my, exactly. all my cassettes to make sure no one steals them mm-hmm. oh yeah you you said uh something about what you want to hear from vaporwave you know what i'd like yeah to hear more real vocals like live vocals sang over someone's vaporwave music sam like original production or sample bass whatever maybe singing over it after the song is done, like most music is made. I haven't really seen that. And also it could be chopped up a little bit and slowed down and stuff, but like jazz singer, opera singer, maybe some like Lana Del Rey style stuff. Like oh, I think that would be super cool. And I'm always looking for like the next uh, thing to come out of Vaporwave, like the next big artist or the next genre, micro genre. So if yeah. you're listening and you make music, Give it a shot, and I'll support you. Vocal wave. <laughs> yeah, Vox wave. Vox wave? Yeah. I'm a singer, right? That's... I think we call it the Vox. <laughs> uh, that's kind of cool, man. Imagine the singer just getting up on stage, and like they just have a boom box, and it's kind of broken. 
so the, so the tape doesn't play right. Yeah. And they turn it on, and they, then they walk up to the mic, and then it's amazing. Yeah. And you're like, how did they do that? They did that with a broken boombox and their voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's also <laughs> so an awesome idea. It is awesome. If somebody pulls that off, I I'll should be the do first that. in line. Me, me and you, we should get together, man. I'll write some Vox. Oh, well, that's, you are a vocalist, right? That Exactly. You're you know my picture. Your metal. I know your picture. Yeah, I, I had it up when I joined the community for, and it was like a year and then people started to get to know me. And I was like, well, I got to keep that now. <laughs> Tell everybody. That's true. That's It's right? iconic to me. Yeah. I like every time I go, every time I go to buy an album on Bandcamp, your, your picture is there already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like literally, like I'll buy 10 tapes and you're always there before me. <laughs> And your picture is always there. That's it's, hilarious. It's like a matter of fact now. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing because it's true. You know it's true. Yeah, I'm trying to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> How many tapes do you have? I'm, like, you must have 900 more. Not, do you really? Yeah. Do you honestly have more than 900 tapes? Yeah. That's. I'm trying to sell money. some. You may have seen my recent post. Yeah, but that was like 20. <laughs> I'm going to make another like, one. You- that's like that's like not even that's like not even perceptible yeah it's a that's what i'm saying it's hard to keep track or it's hard to keep it organized okay so how do you man how do you how do you fund that addiction what kind of like secret vaporwave laboratory do you have very carefully yeah yeah (laughs) damn man yeah now, partly, I get partly why I'm slowing down is because I changed jobs and I'm not uh-huh. making quite as much. But I was working like 60 hours a week, traveling two months, two weeks a month, usually. So oh, I was really? home for two weeks, traveling for two weeks. So that got crazy. So I was like, okay, I did that for three years. And <laughs> yeah, now. So you would return, you would return after a two week trip. And how many packages? Would it be like covering your entire door? Yeah, I I, I would get those packages delivered to my office at work because uh, I don't want to, you know, that would suck for the post office to have to give me 20 packages <laughs> at once. But like one time I came back from a two-week trip, I had a snowboard there, like giant snowboard, a whole bunch of other shit. Like it was so funny. He actually took a picture of it. And he was like, dude, you need to stop. <laughs> he oh, wait. being my coworker. Oh. Oh, your coworker? I thought yeah. that wasn't the mail carrier. No, no. <laughs> so I, dude, you gotta, you gotta check this out. I definitely, I had a rough interaction with my mail carrier one day. Oh, really? Because yeah. yeah, you get a lot of product too, right? I do. I buy That's sweet, sweet. Product. I mean, I don't buy as much as you, but I have, I have a lot of product shipped to my house, and so she, she was getting out of her her delivery truck, and that day she must have had like. I'll say like seven. She had seven records for me and she's this little woman and she's like walking up and I happen to be outside (laughs) and I I turn around and she's like, why do you keep buying records? (laughs) Cause every day she's got to get out of her truck and walk up and deliver them all. Seven is a lot for one day. Wow. That must have been perfect. Um, and I was just like, cause I love them. Cause I, you know, and it's your job to deliver them to me. Like this is literally your job. Yeah. Is to bring me my records every day. I'm paying I don't you. mean that in a mean way. I mean you're I appreciate what you do, but your job description is literally to take the records and bring them to me. So what did she say? She was just she was just like, I don't get it. Why do you listen to so many records? But I I, I wonder how many other people in our community are having these interactions with their mail carriers. <laughs> 
where they're just like, why do you have 18 small rectangular boxes delivered to your house every day? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You got, you got some illegal operation going. You you got a meth lab in your basement. What's going on? Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Has the the U S postal service started surveilling us? Yeah. Because they're like, why are these, why are these people passing around cassettes so often? Mm -hmm. I, I have had that thought actually. I have too. It would. It's like the perfect cover, you know, like independent record label shipping out a hundred tapes at a time. Mm-hmm. They're not tapes. Oh, it's it's a brick. It's a brick of cocaine. Sorry, yeah. My cat. <laughs> my cat wants inside. One sec. Sorry about that. Oh no, that was cool. I got a cat too. His name is Tanuki. Tanuki. You know what game that's from? Tan- Anybody? Tanuki. Uh, it's, it's a fighting game. Nope. Oh. Well, maybe, but that I don't know about it. Taken from the the original game, which two more two more guesses. Tanuki. Where did my cat's name come from? Tanuki. It's Japanese for raccoon dog. Mischievous raccoon dog. Raccoon dog. Someone right now is clenching their fists. Yeah, you idiot! It's it's I know what it is. Fuck, man! I feel like I know that too, but I give up. It's it's from Super Mario Brothers three. There was the Tanuki. Yeah, there was the Tanuki suit. Is that the, the like, cat suit that you could Yeah, fly you had like a little tail, and the special power was you turned into like a stone statue. Oh, the statue! Yeah, remember that? Yeah. That was the Tanuki suit. Oh man! So that's what my that's what I named my cat. Nice. I always thought that was so weird. That was such a weird power. Like of all the things Mario can do, why does he turn into a stone statue? I wish I could have used that power more in that game. That was fun, and the frog. Yeah. the frog suit was no, dope. Man. Oh, the the boot man. Oh, the boot, yeah. That, the boot. That's it's shit. like in one level. That was that was like the highlight of my childhood. Yeah, getting to that level and hopping in the boot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part of the game always <laughs> goes by so fast too, because you just teleport through everything. <laughs> that's true. You get your warp whistles. I don't think I've played every level in that game. I probably haven't either, actually. Yeah. Uh, my cat. I have two cats. Mine are radio and static. And oh, that's cool. In the post where I had my tapes for sale that that's static <laughs> yeah yeah i'm definitely a cat person oh yeah they're the best yeah. uh, anyway my- i'm sure people would love to hear more about our cats but we gotta <laughs> we gotta gotta keep how much of our ridiculous banter will get will get cut yeah how much extra material can i give you probably none <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, nothing will get cut i mean so that'd be amazing yeah you just let this flow. Yeah. It's your call, man. It's your podcast. Yeah. Most of it does. Um, so what exactly is Vaporwave to you? If you were to define it, what does it mean to you? What is it to you? All right. Let me let me take a sip of my beverage here. Crack your fingers. Yeah. Um, this is, yeah, this is important. Well, I think I already answered that. I think to me, uh, I gave you the anecdote about my my echo jams experience in the car Mm -hmm. and it was the the head snapping flash of nostalgia and that's that's totally what sucked me in it was the feeling and it's what i collect for it's what i try to replicate with my own music can i can i give that feeling to someone else can i find a tape where i have that same feeling that i had that one time um and you know can, can i feel nostalgic about something that never happened 
that's such a weird idea, but I think everybody understands when you say that in this community, they understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like, they're like, yeah, like, I feel like I was there for something that didn't happen. You know, like you're, you're connected on some other real realm of vapor. It's like we we connect with each other through these things that didn't necessarily happen, but we have own, have our own version of them that we connect through. Oh yeah. Parallel. Yeah. Parallel universes. (laughs) We could get real deep. Mm -hmm. And so if you, if I were to ask you what vaporwave does for you, would you kind of give the same answer? Yeah. I got to keep going back to that. Yeah. Cool. I mean, isn't, isn't that what everyone's kind of looking for with every experience, you know, they're looking for, you know, like when you find something new that you didn't know existed and the, the first time you experience it, no other time after that will ever be like it, but that doesn't keep you from chasing it. Uh huh. Yeah. And I, that's like a, that's like a human thing. Like we're always, we're always trying to recreate those moments and we, we get so close and we never quite do it with exactly the same thing. You know, there's going to be some genre that's going to be developed in like 10 years that maybe will give me that same head snapping feeling. And it, maybe it's not vaporwave. Maybe it's something totally new. I can't conceive of right now. And then all of a sudden I'm chasing that, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like this is just one of the stepping stones that has been placed in my life. It's one of the experiences that I'm chasing right now. Mm -hmm. That's a great soundbite. I know, yeah. It's, I like how that sounded too. <laughs> Definitely use that. So, uh, for your, I think it's eight records, right? From last Febu- February when you put out your first one until now, and you have some more stuff on the go, can you tell us a bit, if it has, how your process, a bit about rather, how your process has changed over the release of each of your records? That's a good question. It's like you're a professional at this. I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I you got to give me a sec. I got to kind of think. How did I change? Uh, maybe challenges or obstacles you had to overcome or new techniques you found with your DAW or sample taking. Actually, I don't even know how much original music you make with VSTs versus how much you sample. Maybe you could talk about that as well. Ooh. The, the secret sauce. <laughs> sure. Well, my, my aesthetic is all about it's obscurity. Tasty. So I'm not going to share too much, honestly. I'm I'm not going to tell you what DAW I use. I'm I'm drawing a line there. Okay. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to tell you. And I'm not going to tell you about specific VSTs either. Sure. But maybe <laughs> how, but how much... I will, I will tell you the mix, right? Yeah. Right. So... Pretty much every, pretty much every every sample I use now, and actually, you know what? Thank you because you just brought me to the answer of the question that you asked, mm. which was, "How did my process change?" Right? I'm very helpful. Um, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> How did you do that? Starting with my first album, I I was doing almost all original stuff because um, that's you know I told you before that was my background, and I was terrible at doing plunderphonics. And so that's, you know, it's just where I went. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a few on one, 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 one. I had a few samples of like nature that was, it was very faint. It was definitely not the focus of the tracks. And then as I moved along, that became more and more and more prominent. Um, 
like I, f- I feel like I'm very aware of it now, but like every album I make, there is rain in it. And it's only becoming, there's only more and more rain as I go because the more I listen to it, the, the more I'm like, the sound of rain is amazing. Yeah. That, that gives me one. Did, did that thought cross your mind when you were listening to any of my stuff? I think of rain a lot because of your album covers. A lot of them look like it's raining or this kind of like fractally distorted water stuff because of, you know, like you we were talking about before, refraction. Uh, yeah. So, um, so there is definitely, I'm not using a lot of different kinds of samples. I'm just using more and more nature as like a padding for the stuff that I'm composing. Mm. And um, my last album, Kunoichi, was definitely, I mean, there's like, there's like rain, like it's right there mm-hmm. in some of the tracks. And then, oh, 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 the Jungle album, it like heavily featured. Cause that, you know, I was, I was thinking like, man, I'm stuck in the jungle. The rain is beating down on me. And, and what am I hearing? Um, and I will tell you that the next thing that I'm going to release, it's called Shinrin Yoku. It's, it means forest healing. Sweet. Yeah. And I, that is like, it's just one step further. Like it is, it's more nature. It's almost more nature samples now than composition. Cause I just kept pushing it and I was like, this sounds amazing. I got to keep doing this. Um, and it's, it's 30 minutes, 15 minutes on a side. There's only two 15 minute tracks and they are filled to the brim with nature sample. Nice. So that's, I don't know for whatever reason, that's just where my brain took me. And so that's, that's what I'm doing right now. Can you tell us about the aesthetic of that record or is that giving anything away too early? Oh no, no. Um, does you know, it match? You, you know, like you saw the shirt that I made. Mm. Uh, you mentioned something about that, right? Not. We'll get to it. <laughs> oh, okay. That's sorry. That was. I'm. I'm getting ahead of you. Yeah. Um, just for so the that, record, was, everybody, uh, I send people my questions when they want them ahead of time, just so they can prepare a little bit if they need to. Yeah. So the so the aesthetic is forest again and rain again and and i i stumbled upon this blog that was talking about japanese phrases that had no direct translation oh. you know? so sometimes you have just uh something that exists in a language and you just there's no matching word i think uh like schadenfreude in in german i'm sure i didn't say that correctly but that literally means like um taking slight enjoyment in someone else's minor misfortune. Mm. I guess that's the, I, I hope I'm doing it justice, mm-hmm. but kind of like the feeling, like if you're driving by somebody that got a flat tire and you're driving by and you're like, Oh, I kind of feel bad, but I'm also kind of happy. That's not me. Right. That's sh- I think that's schadenfreude. Right. So I found a blog that had a listing of all these Japanese words. And one of them was, it could only be translated as forest healing, you know, it was like um, the the process of being rejuvenated by simply walking through a forest, and apparently it's taken very seriously. Like this is a this is a well respected way of restoring your health, going into the forest and and allowing the forest healing to wow. help you. So I, yeah, that's what I said. I was like, wow, I I had no idea of that concept. That's pretty awesome. 
And so as is my process, I just sort of took that phrase and I was like, okay, what what would that sound like? How can I make you feel that with something that I make? So I went and I found some art. I found a, a statue of Buddha. that's just like sitting in the middle of a forest next to a waterfall. And I was like, that's it. That's what it would look like. And I, I bought a caseload of green tapes and I printed out the J cards and I set that cassette on my desk and I said, okay, I gotta, I gotta fill this up with, with forest healing. And that was just sort of a continual, uh, like it's how many nature sounds can I put in this and still have it sound like a Mm -hmm. song. Right. I think nature wave, I think has probably been tossed around a little bit from what I've seen recently. That seems like maybe a subgenre that's sort of emerging. Yeah, I've seen it. Um, Nature Wave? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've read it somewhere. Maybe Reddit on Reddit. Yeah, so I, I think um, I'm I'm throwing my hat in that ring. I've got a Nature Wave album coming out. Very cool. Something I interviewed Waterfront Dining and recently, and I was talking to him about the journey he's taken through the creation of his albums since 2014. It's when he got started. Mm-hmm. And it's just how it's nice to see that journey and how the artists kind of transform over time. So it'll be neat to see, especially because you're pumping out so much work that seems to have a kind of um, transitionary thing between all of them, like parts of a story almost or chapters, uh, acts, whatever. Um, just to watch yeah. you grow like that over the years. Oh, thanks, man. That makes me feel warm and fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, and no problem. Yeah. <laughs> I I would invite uh, anybody who's got like the digital files from any of my albums, if you've got a few of them, throw them all into one folder and shuffle them and do that a few times and listen mm. to them. And it's going to sound like it's one cohesive album. Whoa. If, if, yeah, if you've got that's true. Got all of them, yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you've got access to all of them, take all those files and put them all in one folder and shuffle them, and like maybe do it a few times so that the order gets randomized. Mm-hmm. You know, and I swear you, it's going to be like making a new album out of the existing songs because you're just sort of getting back to the way my process is, where I'm literally working on four of these things at the same time and then separating them out and they, you know, they come out at different periods of time, but ultimately they all fit back together. Maybe, you know, maybe that should be a, how cool would it be if you could release an album that was sort of like a little different every time you played it, like somehow it randomized itself. Mm-hmm. You know, it, like it wasn't completely random, but yeah, you know, it was like a, it was like a hundred tracks and then it figured out it was going to play nine of them for you every time it played it. And it had some, idea about the the order that would sound nice yeah well mr system architect you could write some code and throw up a website yeah it's a vaporwave operating system (laughs) combine tracks from different artists into a new album automatically Mm. (laughs) it's pretty easy to do it's just shuffling i didn't really invent anything new yeah (laughs) (laughs) so if you all right. I was looking at your at your Twitter a little bit, and you know. Oh no! You know, what did I do on my Twitter? A whole bunch of bad stuff. <laughs> you, you've been naughty. My mindless rambling. No, well, more about the 
response and activity that increases over time, sort of. And mm-hmm. I kind of attribute that to your um, discipline and your success. Um, you know, you you've you set a goal and you you actually go through with it, and it's it's really nice to see. And I was wondering if you had any advice or tips for people like what your best tips were for people who want to start up a project or have a project and want it to be successful, especially in such a short period of time like yourself. Oh, oh, that's another great question and a very nice compliment. Thank you very much. No problem. Um, well, you know, one of the things I did right with my first album when I was making tapes was I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be really happy if I sell four so mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't go and make like a big order from from duplication.ca. I was like, I'm gonna order like ten tapes and like one sheet of labels and I'm gonna make four. And then if those sell, I'll make four more. And maybe I'll do that a couple times until it seems like I've exhausted yeah. demand. Um and I, I think there are there are a lot of people that kind of like they get this shot of energy where they're just like, yes. I'm starting a label. It's going to be awesome. Find some sweet artists we're going to produce. And they, they order like a hundred tapes. And then you're sitting on those tapes for like a year when those resources could have been put into smaller runs of more albums. Yeah. I know some people that's happened to. Right. And I don't, I think there's nothing wrong with releasing an album that's, you know, 15 or 20 minutes. If that's what the album feels like it needs to be. I will enjoy it just as much if it's if it's high quality and you had a concept and you executed it. Mm-hmm. But that concept was a twenty minute concept, and after that, it's over. So you know, start start small. And my my basement production aesthetic, I guess, kind of helped me because I could just make tapes as they were ordered. That's that's literally what I still do, pretty much. I have a good idea for how many people are going to order something when I release now so I can get some things ready ahead mm-hmm. of time. But, um, you know, after like the first day or two, like the order comes in, I go to the basement, I make you your tape to order. I put it in the envelope and I'm going to the mailbox the next day. And so that frees me up. I don't, I don't have a bunch of money sunk into tapes that are just sitting all over and not selling. I can take that money and I can use it to make another mm. one. People are going to enjoy Okay. So I think I think that would be my advice if you're looking to start up a label and do physicals. Like go slow and maybe put that do it yourself ethic to work for you, you know? That's a that's a financial advantage you can give yourself. At least as you're starting out. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say your success is attributed necessarily just to that though, right? Oh no, that just that just <laughs> kept me from going bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> And still trying to sell, you know, like a tub full of tapes from two years well, ago. That's important. Not not going broke. Yeah. Yeah, and and keeping yourself motivated. That I think that would have been really demoralizing for exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah. If every day I looked over at the the pile of music that people didn't buy, I would start to question more. Like, well, why am I coming down here every day? Mm. Uh, you gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta find a way to keep yourself motivated for sure. You got to you got to find a way to keep yourself excited about your own yeah. work. I think that's a really important point. When I look at a lot of the people on Twitter that uh, that I follow, other artists, I feel like a common theme is like I hit a wall. 
I was doing so awesome and now it's just gone. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Or big time, you know, I was, yeah, I was working on four albums and everything was awesome. And now they're like all half finished. I can't finish anything. And that's probably a really personal thing. Like you gotta, you gotta dive into yourself and figure out what makes you excited. I've definitely bailed on albums before. I'm talking about my albums yeah. where I got all excited about it and I worked on it for a month or two and it kind of slowed down and I sort of just accepted the fact that like that it wasn't going to get done then. And the case of like Kunoichi, I, we just went through that anecdote where I was like, I just had this weird flash where everything sort of happened in an hour. Like I made the artwork, I ordered some hats. I, <laughs> I get to beat up the, the, the uh, songs I put it all together and like in a week, but I think, I think I probably did that album in a week and I, I did it because I was taking a break from something else I was working on that was frustrating me so much. And I got so excited about that idea. It just pushed me through it so fast. And I, I kept my own motivation afloat. Let's try to, I don't know, however you do that, find that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like the project's not working then just stop. You know, if something else grabs your attention, go ahead. Go do that other thing that grabbed your attention. Like, it's okay. De- you know, delete a song every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's if you're not liking it, like, just stop and delete it. And then start over so that you're excited again. Why not? Mm-hmm. No, that's a great way to put it. Like, find whatever it is that gets you into the rhythm of it. Yeah. Don't be so consumerist about your own music, you know, mm. like it's a production line and you've got to finish it like a job. Mm-hmm. Not it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to it's supposed to feel good. Yeah. So if it's not, stop what you're doing and make it feel good again. Mm-hmm. So one thing I wanted to say earlier, <clears throat> but kind of we went on a tangent, which is fine. But uh, <laughs> I wanted to say, <laughs> yeah, you have a very keen aesthetic eye for colors and specifically, I notice with your records, your ability to have contrasting colors, um, you know, all over the place on your records, but they also complement each other at the same time. Like, um, I don't know, just the the brights versus the darks, like with the jungle, with the ooh oh oh, oh record, or yeah. right bracket, left bracket. <laughs> um, <laughs> just like there's certain things that pop or two 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 is really good for that as well i'm just looking at them now um so do you have like a history or a background in maybe photoshop or i think you talked a bit about design and how you didn't really or graphics before but uh how did you how did you pull that all together i i have no background in graphic design and uh you know, like I made my first album cover myself because I didn't have a lot of confidence in what I was doing. I was like, I'll, I'll be happy if I sell four tapes. I don't really want to pay someone to make an album cover for four tapes. I'll just do it myself. Yeah. So, you know, I got like GIMP and <laughs> nice. I, just, I, I just started playing around with it. That's, you know, that's kind of why the early ones are a little more abstract, actually, because I didn't have any photography or anything to work with. Um and I just kept kind of messing with things until it looked like the thing that I had in my head. I think the, you know, the color is a good point. I, I play a lot with color. I love going into GIMP and there's this feature you can go and 
bring up a slider for the hue of like the whole image. You can just slide it back and forth and it changes all of them at once. And I'll do that obsessively. I have folders like for EMR. So that's the album that's sort of rainbow colored. It's got like a real bright yellow and then like a purple and pink yeah, rain. The, the, the translation that, right? is electromagnetic radiation, EMR. Oh, right. Yeah. I have code names for all my albums. <laughs> so on my, Just for on the my hard drive, it says EMR, even though that's not how I released it. Yeah. Interesting tidbit. Okay, so um, I've I've got a folder. I, I keep every variation I do because I'll like it one day and then I'll come back and I'll be like, that's garbage. I got to change the colors. <laughs> so for that one specifically, I remember I had like 20 different versions of it and I saved them all because I find it kind of interesting to go back and look at like what could have been. And ultimately I decided not to release. So I think what you've convinced me to do is I'm going to throw up like on my Twitter, maybe I'm going to throw up a collage of some of the albums and I'll show the progression from like where I started and where I ended up and all the little things in between and like how some of, yeah. And how some of them, it does, it looks nothing like what it ended up being. Like it, it just looks like a totally different album for eight variations. Then all of a sudden it changes. And that's what I ended up going with. So that seems like a pretty cool thing to share, I guess. I'll let me make a note. I'm going to put that up maybe the day the podcast drops and the people, when they go look, it'll be there. Nice. Now that's the stuff I want to see, like the personality of these artists that I love and their personal lives and like a, a geometric lullaby. He makes posts sometimes on the VCC where he shows his production area and it's just like a window into their lives and stuff. So that's that's partly partly why I do these interviews as well. I just love it. Yeah, yeah, like the behind the scenes, the stuff that you never knew. Mm-hmm. I agree. I love that stuff too. Yeah. Huh. So I have any other little tidbits I can share? I'm going to open up my folder here. I'm going to open up the folder where everything is kept. And what other weird things have I done? That... Um, oh, okay. So I've got a folder called archive. And when I hit that point where I'm just not feeling it, I, I basically, I don't want to delete the whole album, but I'll, I'll throw it in this folder. And so right now I've got 13, 13 albums wow. that are either like halfway done or almost completely done just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sometimes I'll be, I'll just have a night where I just go back and I listen to them all and I might pull a few things out of them, you know, like there's one track that I'm like, oh man, why did I stick that here? This one's really good. And it becomes the seed for a, a whole new concept, you know? So that effort wasn't lost. Are there I'm any... glad that I saved it and I could revisit it later. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and some of it's just total trash and I laugh <laughs> at it. Because <laughs> you have to, yeah, you have to have that mindset. Otherwise, you'll you'll give yourself some kind of mental disorder. Are there any examples on your existing records that you've released that you've pulled out of that archive? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, I had I had an album called EXS. That's it's not even up on the page. It was it was like pre our infinity, and it was a five five track ep and all of those songs 
ended up getting pulled and reworked um, and they became part of the green album, the bracket album. Mm -hmm. But if I were to let you hear the original ones, you might hear like one or two things, but you're like, Oh man, this is totally, this is totally different, but it it worked somehow. It worked for me going back and hearing it and being like, okay, I'm just going to totally redo this. And it became something new that was much better than what I had before. Cool. Um, yeah, so maybe you know it would be kind of interesting to sh- to like informally, casually put out a you know like oh here's four tracks that were kind of okay. I'm I'm just gonna let you listen to them because I'm I'm trying to improve my self confidence, care a little less. Yeah. So here, go check it out. You know, well, people- I think there's probably a a tendency for a lot of musicians to resist that to mm-hmm. be like no. I can't release it until it's perfect. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, it's like a torpedo in my image or something like that. And it's, it feels, I don't know. It feels kind of good to just say, fuck that. For sure. <laughs> no. I feel like here, I thought this was trash, but if, if you listen to it and you love it, cool. <clears throat> I'm going to put that out there for you. There's a lot of beat tapes like that where people just release their old stuff or actually haircuts for men did that. At one really? point as well. Oh, yeah. he's got a new one. He's got a new one right now that was just like B tapes and odds and ends and stuff like that, right? You can expect that I picked that up. Did that come out already? Yeah. Oh. It was a for, oh, okay. Forbidden Creme. I've oh I've got Forbidden Creme. Yeah, I'm well there's that. he put a tape out for his for uh Dune or Boone, I think, today. Right. I just picked up Boone today. Yeah, exactly. But there was but this there was, was another one. It, it yeah, it's it had a date in the name, I think, right? Like 1983? 1983? Yeah, was that it? No. Uh, no, in fact, you, you, I swear I saw an image of just a bunch of random tapes where it was like, here, this is a bunch of B-sides and random crap that I'm going to release. I'm not cracking up. That that was a thing, right? Yeah, and I think he even did it before, um, like maybe six months ago as well on a different one, like not the 1983 one. Yeah, he's definitely done something like that. <laughs> I'm I'm googling this right yeah. now. Although it's funny when you when you Google haircuts for men, it's impossible. You literally get, you literally get haircuts for yeah. men. <laughs> like no, I don't want that. that not with to straight hair. Not with beards. I don't want that kind of haircut. For men. <laughs> that's you know that's like the thing with the Rydberg constant. Yeah, this is a this is part of vaporwave. Like having difficulty googling the thing that you want to listen to mm-hmm. um, makes it more succulent. It, yeah. Then it's finally, and it's accomplishment when you find it finally. Yeah. That you're like, Oh, yeah. that, that took fucking forever to find that. Album. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe. Oh, here, no, you dude. Yeah. Early tape works, 1981 to 1984. Yeah. B sides and unfinished. Tracks. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's the one. So, um, I grabbed that. Too. Yeah. I'm, my, my, uh, appreciation goes out to haircuts for men for having the the personal fortitude to take stuff that was like early and maybe not that great and put it out anyway because it's still better than a lot of what we're doing and we love it. It's still good. it's still pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. We set we set the bar so high for ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the the things on the floor that we tossed away that are they're still awesome. Mm-hmm. Let the people have them. Speaking of releasing things we may not have planned to, um, your shirts. Tell us about your shirts. Oh. You have some really cool designs. I saw you had them on uh, that T Public 
site. Mm-hmm. So how did you connect with them and where'd you get the idea to make the shirts? And they're really cool shirts, people. Check them out. Uh, he, Thank you, you have them on your Twitter. Yeah, what's your Twitter uh, so people can follow you? Uh, so Twitter is at underscore RRRX, RRRX, RRR, which that's also the subdomain for my band camp minus the underscore. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so I'll, I know exactly how the t-shirt started. I was on the Yeti. You ever go to the Yeti.com? I've been there. Yeah. All right. So that's, they got like daily t-shirts and stuff. And I used to go to threadless. Um, I'm, I'm actually wearing a shirt from threadless right now. Oh, are you? Yeah. That's crazy. Cool. Um, so R 23 X he's, he's been super successful mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's got his own clothing line. Let me make sure I get this right on the Yeti video 20 XX. I think. Anyway, I was browsing the the t-shirts and I was like, "Oh, that's sweet. It's like it's like there's vaporwave clothing being produced by these artists." And um sorry if R23X is listening. I had a bunch of stuff in the cart and I was about to buy it. And then I was like, "Wait a minute. I should put my own stuff on a shirt and wear it myself because it's <laughs> me." <laughs> so so I emptied the cart out and I was like, "Oh, is there just a website I can go to that'll just make me a random shirt?" where I don't have to order like a whole box of them. So I, sorry, man, I, I dumped everything out of the cart and I went to T public, which just lets you upload an image. And they kind of have like a storefront where they intend for you to make something neat and then have a lot of people buy it and then they make money off of it. Yeah, it's a really, and I nice was just kind of like, yeah. it is, it's cool. It's really easy to use. Um, but I was just like, Oh, this can be like my personal wardrobe factory. Like I'm just going to put up a shirt that I want to wear and I'm going to buy it for myself and then I'm going to delete it. So that's what I did. I literally, I threw away like all the t-shirts that I had that weren't mine. And I went and I, I, I bought, I'll say 14 or 15. Wow. Designs that I made. Where, how, how did you learn how to design this stuff? You said you have no background. I, Your work no, is awesome. No, I don't. Awesome, I, I just, I just go into GIMP and play around until it looks cool. That's crazy. Until I, I get that feeling. So, and like I'm wearing one of my shirts right now. And I was just like, you know what? That's why with the advent of the internet and on-demand printing, like, why am I wearing logos from other people? Like, I I don't need to pay other people to make clothes for me. I can put my own personal brand on it and wear it myself. Um, so some of them, I was like, oh, these are kind of cool. I'm going to leave them up there and let other people buy them, especially like the Delphi Oracle shirt. I've had uh, quite a few people buy that because it's, I think it's a pretty cool piece of album art and it, it resonates with me. Yeah. But, uh, the other ones, it was, it was literally just because like I wanted a shirt with like a picture of scream tracker on it. Or, uh, I made one that had like the backs from the solitaire cards from windows 3.1. Nice. Yeah. Like it really, it has nothing to do with my, my artwork. It was just like a shirt that I was like, I want this shirt. It doesn't exist. I'm going to go make it for myself. (laughs) So I, I just throw up random stuff there when I feel like I want a new shirt. (laughs) And then if you're lucky, I'll leave it there and you can, you can buy it. Nice. (laughs) And you also use Pinterest, right? Is that right? I saw a picture of a game boy on there that I think you designed and it looks amazing really 
Uh, was that you? I don't. I I don't have an official uh, R Infinity Pinterest account. Well, maybe someone else pinned something I did. Yeah, um, I'll send you the link. <laughs> yeah, send it to me. Let me see it. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, man. Like you're discovering things about me that I I didn't know uh, as you're talking. I'm putting the I'm making uh, connections that don't exist. That's no, they do exist. That's that's the funny part that I'm completely unaware of. Yeah. Yeah, the, your yeah. name was on there. It was tagged under your name, and it was Super Vaporwave. I don't know why your name was there. I thought you made it. But I tried to go to the account for it, and I couldn't find an account. So I was like, what's going on? Uh, I don't use Pinterest. I don't know how it works. I don't either. Do you have a link? Can you send me a link right now? Uh, I looked for one. Oh, wait. Maybe it's in my history. I was having a conversation yeah, I found on Twitter. It. Okay, send me the link. I'll, I'll finish this little anecdote real quick, and then we can check out this link. Uh, yeah. Um, I was having this, this quick conversation, I think with Steviosphere, she said something like, uh, why are all these old artists disappearing? Like, I can't find these people anymore. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Waterfront and, Dining about that. Yeah. And I was, I, my response was like, well, that's sort of the, sort of the nature of the genre. Like they just fade back into the internet and you can't find them. They... They become homogenized with all the other bits floating around. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you sent me this picture. It's the box from the original Game Boy. Um, I did make this. I took the cover for electromagnetic radiation and I tilted it and I stuck it on the Game Boy screen. Mm. And then I, yeah, I, I posted it. it. I posted it in a bunch of random places and it must have gotten picked up and put other other places i didn't know about as is the nature of the internet yeah so oh, that's pretty cool that's that was like a that was like a piece of organic art that sort of went out and came back to me very neat yeah and it looks great caught my eye right away oh thanks man yeah that's just that's just me playing around in gimp good old gimp yeah it's very trying powerful to, trying to make it, look, it is you can you can do anything you want with gimp mm-hmm. you could do in photoshop yeah Pretty much. Um, so you have you have mini discs, you have CDs, yep. you have tapes. Do you have a plan to put out a record anytime or a vinyl? I I always do that. There, everything is record. Vinyl uh, is vinyl. It is. Yes. Uh, you know that's been one of my goals since the beginning. Honestly, because I was such a heavy vinyl collector, I really wanted to see my own work on vinyl. Um, and it's it's hard, man. If you're gonna do it proper, you got to order a minimum that's gonna be like two thousand. Either that, or you go the crates route. Um, man, I would really love to do it, but I feel like I wouldn't do it with any of the albums I've made so far. I would make I would make an album specifically for vinyl. Mm-hmm. I would have to have that in mind, and I haven't done that yet. And that man, that's it's so different from everything else I've done because I can't make them myself. That would be the first time that I would deliver a physical to you where I didn't cut the paper and assemble it. Yeah. You know, and, and put the music on it myself. And I really, there's really no way for me to, to create a vinyl pressing plant in my basement. There's no way for me <laughs> to do that. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I honestly may not do it because I'm not sure if I want to break this sort of tradition I've made for myself now where every physical I send out, I, I just assemble yeah. myself. I might keep it that yeah. way, you know, 
And that, that means I can't do a lot either. And I don't care. If if I can only make 40, then I'm going to make 40, and then I'm going to mm-hmm. move on to the next album. Because, you know, cause mm-hmm. that'll just be my style. Oh, that's that's cool. And that's really interesting. I've never thought about that. Keeping uh, Keeping the rhythm the same, you know, not breaking tradition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, same reason I've never released my music on any other labels. Uh, I just, I just don't think it would fit. I just, you know, I don't think it's part of what our mm-hmm. affinity is now. So I, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna charge ahead with this sort of vision I've, I've laid out. See where yeah. I go on my own. That's dope, man. Keep it up. <laughs> Thanks, dude. So it is. It is getting late, and my compound is about to close down. Oh dear! So you have to go. Yeah, I do. I've, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally going to get kicked oh, no. out. But it has been a while. I have four more questions for you. <laughs> okay, let's do Kay. like lightning round. What's your favorite way to experience vaporwave? Go. Uh, sitting alone in my basement at three a.m. with only on pink what lights. media? On what medium? Oh, dude, I'm gonna say. I'm going to say vinyl. Nice. I'm going to go back to vinyl. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. Um, you have a lot of interest in technologies, as I can see. Where did that come from? That might be a long answer, but you can try and keep it short. <laughs> I was uh, I was a total nerd when I was a kid. That's the answer. <laughs> I, did, I didn't play sports. I didn't leave the house. Yeah. I, I sat in the basement with a green and black computer terminal, and then I... I fucked around yeah. with that my whole life. <laughs> sweet, sweet. And uh, next, you—I saw a post on your Twitter of Ghost in the Shell, the original VHS. So you must like anime. Tell us a bit about oh. that. You uh, in Dragon Ball Z? You mentioned. Oh yeah. Well, I have a I have a large collection of VHS. Anime what are your favorites? Because that was. Oh, sorry. Go, um, tell us more about the VHS too. Oh yeah, I know VHS is so closely tied in with this community because it's awesome yeah it was my it was like my weekly treat to go to the mall and pick up a new manga video on vhs and i didn't know what any of these were this was like when i first started getting into it i think ghost in the shell was the first one i bought and then akira uh there's one called wings of oniamize or oniamize i don't speak japanese Mm -hmm. About, you know, like this little town starting up a space program. I've got uh, Angel Cop. I've got Eight Man After. Uh, Yeah, I've got and I I had all these like in a box that I just I totally forgot about them. And I I uncovered along with like a box set of the old school G.I. Joe cartoons on VHS Mm -hmm. tape. And man, it's awesome sitting there like popping those tapes in and watching that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just that was just part of my childhood. Super cool, man. Super cool. All right. That's, next. You know what? We'll call it there. Um, do you want to give any shout outs or anything you want to say before you go? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've given, I think I've given my shout outs through the course of the oh, show. It, it was I, Eddie G and who else was it? Uh, oh yeah. Eddie G is, is definitely, he's been there from the beginning with me and I appreciate all the talks we've had. So I definitely want to shout mm-hmm. out to him. Oh, also, uh, from the VCC, uh, Sarah Majewski. She buys every single thing I put out. So I'm going to give you 15 seconds of fame right now. Thank you. <laughs> I greatly appreciate nice. that. I always see that pop back up. And you. Beep. 
No. <laughs> no, my, my real name revealed. Uh-oh. You need to edit that out. Yeah. Uh, if I buy yeah, your man. tape, you know my name already. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It's funny. I know everyone's addresses, too. Yeah, creepy. Right? Yeah, that's right. They're safe in the compound. <laughs> Going to get locked down in just a minute. Yeah, <laughs> they won't. There's no way they can escape. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. This was amazing. I never thought that I would be sitting here doing an interview about music that I made. Mm-hmm. And so, thank you for making that happen. That makes me really happy. Anytime, man. Made me happy too. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And this community is great. Everybody is just a mingle of producers and artists, and everybody just get along, man. We have such a good thing going. Let's not ruin it with a bunch of stupid conflict. Let's just keep making music. Yeah, it's a really special thing. Well, Agreed. Yeah, well, it was great to have you, man. I hope uh, I hope to see more music coming from you in the future. Oh, definitely. All right, thank you so much, man. Oh, no, anytime, man. All the best. All right, take care. Lock it up nice and tight. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you get the last word. Yeah. Peace out. peace out. All right, peace, man. Well, that was a fun talk. If you didn't catch it at the beginning, his name is R Infinity, and we'll link it in the description in case you can't find it. <laughs> Thanks to Ryan for coming on the show once again. Check out his Twitter, check out his Bandcamp. He's got a whole bunch of new music. He actually just put out a new record that uh, we mentioned a little bit on the episode, but it's actually out now. You can check it out. It's kind of got like a forest wave, river wave vibe to it. Really cool aesthetic. And as always, you can follow us, Private Suite Magazine on Twitter, Private Suite Mag, sorry, and Private Suite Pod on Twitter as well. And we have Reddit and YouTube, Instagram, all that stuff. So you can check us out there as well. And don't forget, if you like physical magazines, you can sign up on our Patreon, patreon.com slash private suite mag. And thanks, as always, for listening. It really means a lot to me and everybody on the magazine. I hope you had fun today. Okay, here's some songs. Um, the first one, we just call them by what number they are, I guess, on the on the album. The first one is going to be number one, and the second one will be number four. And all of the songs we played today are from his record, Kunoichi. Take care, everyone, and we'll see you next time.